I don't view anybody better than the next person because, you know, we all breathe the same air, we drink the same water. I think if you have that type of attitude, it makes things a lot easier to work with people when ego become a, a huge, huge problem. In, in software development, organizations sometimes think they, they can walk on water and things like that. Try to, you know, temper that ego and make sure that we, we work together. Welcome to Humanizing Software, where we explore our ever-evolving relationship with technology and its impact on our professional and personal lives. Hear incredible stories and gain valuable insights from global industry leaders as we discuss their relationship with software and how it's developed over the course of their career. As technology continues to evolve and brings us closer together, it should enable people to do what they do best while we uncover what they do best with the help of technology. And now your host, Andrew Tall. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. And welcome to Humanizing Software from Tailwind Business Ventures. And exceptionally excited to bring to you a special guest from across the pond, who I'll talk about in just a second. Before I do, though, I want to make sure that we have the opportunity to invite those listening in now and later to please digitally engage with us. Reach out. Become part of the conversation. Visit our website at tailwindsw.com. Talk about a little bit of the things that are going on in your lives. Share the experiences of what you're seeing and hearing, especially as it pertains to technology, and just join in on our conversation and join in on that conversation today as we explore a number of different concepts and ideas about how we tie in this concept of keeping the humans into technology and talking about people-driven tech. We invite you to follow us on YouTube with our channel on humanizing software. Join us again on the conversation on LinkedIn, on Facebook, or Twitter. As we get into today's episode, I'm quite pleased, as I mentioned, to have somebody that I've come to know over the last year or two, going into two years, I believe it is, join in. Denzel Phyllis, the CEO of Impilo Technologies from Johannesburg, South Africa, is joining us today. Impilo is a strategic partner of Tailwinds and has been for some time. We have had the blessing and honor of working on a number of different engagements, not only here in the United States, but in the course of Africa as well. He and his team have extended some extraordinary hospitality to myself and some of the other partners here at Tailwind, James and Paolo, in the continent of Africa this past year, and we have been able to reciprocate when they came to visit us in the States. As we get in and talk a little bit about Denzel's background, he started off as a software architect, became a solutions architect, first at West Bank and then at MTN and now is CEO of Impilo Technologies, again, located with a team of very, very talented and capable folks in and around Africa, predominantly around Johannesburg. So please join me, Denzel Phyllis. Denzel, good evening to you. How are you doing? I'm doing very, very well, and thanks for having me. Fantastic. I know that our teams seemingly had a chance to chat probably between five, six, eight, ten times a week, it seems. But this is just our time. This is the one-on-one time with Denzel and Andrew. So I'm excited about the uh, two of us just getting a chance to chat. So again, welcome to the uh, live cast today, Denzel. So blessed to have you join us. As we yeah. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks. Thanks. Absolutely. As we start off the conversation, one of the first questions I always ask to allow those that are listening in now and in the future, because as we've learned, digital is forever, We want to give everybody a chance to kind of learn 
who is Denzel? So tell us the story of Denzel, who you are, and all that fun stuff that's associated with that. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, so my name is Denzel Phyllis. I'm the, the CEO and founder of Pilot Technology, a software company in, in South Africa. I've got a, a long history in software. I think it's around 20, 23 years now. You know, I started off right in the beginning as a software developer doing a number of different tech, you know, starting out on COBOL and Java and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I think my quest to become an entrepreneur, I think, started in my, my second job. I started this job and I, I got a written warning for something that I didn't do. And from that day, I decided I want to have my own software business in the future so that I don't get warnings. So anyway, I spent the bulk of my career then, you know, trying to own my skills, learning a number of technologies, uh, eventually becoming an architect, like you mentioned, an architect, a solution architect, and also an an enterprise architect, you know, at at various uh, large financial services companies in South Africa. Spent um, a large part of my career honing my skills before I, I, I got into the business world. But my, my venturing business world, quite an interesting story. You know, I'd always wanted to start, like I mentioned, I always wanted to start the business, but, you know, something made me, you know, stay at my job. You know, I, I didn't have the courage to quit. And then my daughter, who is now 17 years old, she was born in November. And my wife, after about a month, my wife decided to go to our hometown. We are originally from a place called Kimberley, right? And it's about five hours from Johannesburg. And my wife, she went to Kimberley with our daughter. I was alone at home for about a month. So during that month, I read a book by, by Paolo Coelho called The Alchemist. I think I started reading the book on the Tuesday and I finished it on the Thursday. And then I decided to, to quit my job and, and start the business full time. So, you know, I, I had a daughter that was one month old. And, you know, I, I, I went to Kimberley to speak to my wife and I tell her, I, I, you, you can't tell someone, you can't tell a wife. So I asked her. If, if I could quit my job because of um, after reading the book, she couldn't even she couldn't say no because she she the one she's the one who encouraged me to read the book you know so I um, literally on the on the Friday I spoke to her on the Monday I went to work and I quit my job and to start the, my business and you know true to what the book says you know the the pertinent message from from the alchemist is that the universe helps conspire to you to achieve your destiny right. And I literally quit my job. And I think before I even worked my notice period, I got our first contract. And that's how I got into the the entrepreneurship game. So The Alchemist is probably the most important book that I've ever read that had the biggest impact in my life. So there's interesting because I know we had that conversation where you explained to me, and I know that you and Paolo and I were at dinner in Johannesburg, and you were relating that story about reading the book, The Alchemist, and how it had such a profound impact on your life. I know that there are a number of books that I have had that have had a substantial impact on who I would like to be, not what I want to do. That's an entirely different conversation. But The Alchemist obviously was a hugely impactful early on, where it literally changed the course of your life. And there was this challenge for you to seek this spark of you were doing the day-to-day, just developing software, software architecture, that type of thing. But then some light bulb went off after you read this book and you literally made the decision over a weekend with the guidance and approval of Kimberly to take this level (laughs) of entrepreneurship. Walk us through what that was like any key lessons learned that you've had? Because that is not a subtle or an insignificant leap. It is something that is incredibly important. And a lot of people feel that call 
feel that compulsion to do something different, but don't act on it. You did act on it, would welcome your comments or thoughts about what was the impetus for that. Yeah, like I said, quite a, a difficult decision to make, right? I'd been trying to start a business for probably the best part of a year. Andrew, I'm, I'm not sure if it's brave, if it's courage, or if it was stupidity <laughs> that got me to start the business, right? To be honest, when I think back, I think I was I was a bit naive when I started. You know, you I took a lot of risk when I started. You know, I, I literally quit my job, took my pension, you know, funded the business, sold my house, you know, and all this having a one-month-old baby, right? Fortunately, my wife, she had a steady job and she supported me all the way. So, you know, so that was tough. But, you know, I think you can do it when you have the right support of family and friends, you know. And, and I think when you're driven by, by something, you know, when you have a passion for doing something, although it's tough, it makes the decision that much easier and it keeps you going when times are tough, because entrepreneurship, and particularly in South Africa, is quite tough. You know, it's quite brutal over here. I think the stats for, for small businesses are very, very low in terms of companies that even make it out of two years, after two years. So it was tough. But to be honest with you, it's probably being the most rewarding experience I've had. And, and I wouldn't change anything in, in that time. Excellent. So you'd mentioned that you had the support. I'm a big fan of whether it's the man upstairs, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whatever that may be, having that support network that is either affirming, confirming, or assisting you in the decision. Obviously had quite a bit of that. Why software? And what was it? Obviously, you were a software architect. Obviously, you, you understood the industry. But what made you decide... 20 years ago that I think, I say 10, 10 to 20 years ago, that I want to be the CEO of a software company in South Africa. Yeah, I think I, I saw a gap, particularly in South Africa, right? I was fortunate when I've, I was able to work with some of the larger Indian firms like Tata, TCS, and those type of guys, right? And I've seen that those guys were very focused on quality, not just not just the tech process oriented software. You know, a lot of those guys, when I started working with them, they were very focused on CMMI, the capability maturity model integrated, right? Which is a process oriented way of, of, of doing software. As, as South Africans, we, we've got some of the best tech guys in the world, right? But we, we don't have a lot of people who, who like to follow processes. So, so we found, or I found that even where I worked, there was, there was a lot of uh, people doing software in a very ad hoc way. So when I started the business, I, I always had this vision of building a company that, that focuses on quality software, not just software, not just software that works, but software that, that, that endures, software that's able to be maintained, to be extended and things like that. You know, all of these things that we, we kind of learn at university, but when we seem to get into the working world, we kind of forget about those things. We just care about, you know, getting software to work. So, so I found that as a gap. And, and to be honest with you, that gap still remains in South Africa. And, and we as Impulot Tech are taking advantage of that gap by working on, on getting our company CMMI certified. We, we spent a lot of time and money now and, and the resources building our, our CMMI capability. I think we've got, I think within the next couple of months, we'll probably have the most CMMI certified associates on the continent, right? And, and that's focusing on, on software quality, not just on getting software to work. 
So on the quality side, that's something that obviously we've had a number of different conversations as it pertains to Tailwind and Impilo partnering together on a number of, in this case, several financial institutions that we're, uh, we, we're helping to either improve their digital transformation, which is something we're going to talk about, or just improve their means with which that they're providing some sort of customer experience and just making things happen. That's exceptionally difficult for you guys, as we've talked about, especially when we're, when you're working with different financial institutions that cross different national borders and have so much from a geographical, a ethnic, and a people, basically diversity perspective, where whether it's urban or rural, whether there's different levels of connectivity, whether there's different levels of access points or whatever that may be, there still is a fundamental need of person A wants to conduct some sort of transaction with person B, and they need to have a simplified, secure mechanism of being able to do that. Mobile phones are prevalent, they're all over the place, but the experience can be radically different based off of the quality of what's actually put into the actual experience itself. So I'd like to talk about that briefly. I know at Tailwind, We've had this mantra of software as a relationship or SAR forever. And it's something that I know that's resonated really well with our teams coming together. Your mantra of not being like a lot of folks that are out there where they're viewed as body shops of just throwing people after people into a particular scenario with, you know, damn the consequences. We're just going to go ahead and keep on throwing people. That's not your way of doing things. That's not our way of doing things. We really try and seek to understand what the actual problem is and then put the right people in place to succeed against that, thereby meeting this goal of quality. I know that you've talked about that. So I would welcome your comments about how Impilo is focusing in on the quality side and the people development side to make sure the right people are in place to deliver that type of quality from an overall deliverables perspective. Obviously, the, the people aspect is, is probably the, the most key, right? Like, as you know, we're working on a project with one of the biggest banks in Africa now. And the, the idea is to, to roll out a digital banking product to 19 different countries, right? So although, you know, people think Africa is one large mass, the, the diversity is enormous. And, and one of the goals that we've agreed with our customer is that we will not just use South Africans to do this, right? We want to make sure that we have people in country, people in Kenya, people in Nigeria, people in Ghana, in, in some of the, all of the other nine countries to, to make sure that we, we solve their problem. Because what we found, what I found in, in software is that we try to, um, you know, especially from the software side, guys, we try to solve the problem as we see it, not as the, the customer sees it. Not even the customer, even the end user. So, so we always take that approach to make sure that we, we understand what the end users are looking for. And, and again, you know, Africa is a very, very diverse place. So we have to make sure that we, we cater for each country, uh, respectively, what their requirements are, how, how they do business there. Because South Africa might be next to Mozambique, right? very, very close, but the culture is completely different. So we, we have to have that lens where we, we focus on not just on, on the software, but, but on, the, on the actual culture and, and, and how things are done in that particular country. From our side, you know, I mean, there's obviously the two aspects. There's the aspect of the customer and then the aspect of, of the people work, who work for us, right? So we, over the last couple of years, we've made sure that we try to find people that, that, that fit into our culture, right? 
and and not just in our culture from a software development perspective, but you know over the last year we've we've come up with our let's call it our higher sense of purpose, right? And that higher sense of purpose is to make a significant difference in South Africa. You know, South Africa's got probably with the highest unemployment rate in the world. And, and we as Impilotech believe that we can make a difference. So, so when we hire people, we don't just hire them for their technical ability. We hire them for their, for their wanting to make a change. You know, like what the name of this podcast is, Humanizing Software. We want them to use software to make a difference in humanity. In South Africa, we've got lots of challenges in our country. But I do believe that, you know, software can be a, a major contributing factor to making a, a huge difference in our country. So, again, when we look for people, we look for not just their technical prowess, but we also look for qualities like empathy, wanting to make a difference in the country. So you brought up something and the, this concept of humanizing software, people thinking that software, it's just zeros and ones. It's impersonal. You code the code is designed to do something. It either does it or it doesn't. Hopefully it does because then it's good quality code. And then you've built something and then you move on to something else. But code is impersonal. Code is something that you just do. Something that is literally tap, 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 create, and then let go. Yeah. We've had so many different conversations about how far that is from the truth because the zeros and ones that are associated with building code are infinitely powerful when you combine those with the intent to actually do something significant with them, not just make zeros and ones to automate a particular process or to present a certain screen. But when you're able to provide good quality software with intent and purpose that is designed to help to build, to create, to manifest, that's really when you are helping humanity. And you just mentioned that. I know it's a personal passion of yours within Pilo. And I've had the blessing of meeting a lot of your leadership team and a lot of folks that are part of your team who we thoroughly enjoyed during our visits down there earlier this year. And we're looking forward to it again next year. But what I saw was this sense of attitude of wanting to succeed this sense of attitude of being a team that wants to build good quality software. How have you developed that culture at MPLO? And what is that enabling you to do to not only work with one of the largest banks in South Africa, but also I know you guys do stuff with other communications, with public sector, with telcos. How are you guys building the business around this quality software concept? The, the foundation of everything we do is, you know, building upon our, our software best practice framework, which is based on, on, on this thing called CMMI, right? So everything we do is, is focused on that. What our software development practice looks at is not just, like I said, the technical solution components. It looks at a, a number of, of different practices that, that a lot of software companies forget about, things like decision-making, right? We've developed a decision-making framework that allows us to actively understand how we make decisions, why decisions were made, and not just that, but document them so that in the future, when we come back in a room, we don't just say, oh, guys, why did we make that decision? We we actually can go back and look at, okay, this was the problem statement. This was the alternatives that we had, and this was the decision was made. So for us, quality software is not just around the tech. It's around, let's call it, like I mentioned, about decision making, about risk management and opportunity management. You know, a lot of people don't 
focus on opportunity management. We only focus on the negative side of things, right? So we do those type of things. So CMMI has really put us ahead of the curve in terms of actually delivering quality software. I mean, we're an emerging company and we've managed to, to win a, a major, major project that do away of. And, and we've won that largely because our customer understands that we understand how to build quality software. We might not have built such a major project before. To this extent, obviously, this project is just massive beyond any, any other terms. But we have you know, done other work. But to get such a major project, we've had to display that we understand what the foundations of building quality software is. And again, you know, I, I put all of this on, on, our, on our focus on CMMI, trying to, to build these software development practices. But also, you know, having the, the right team, and you know, um, I've been very blessed over the last two to three years to, you know, to put the right team together, all aspects of the of the software development methodology lifecycle. So, so those two things, you know, focusing on doing things in a in a process oriented way, but also then having the right people with the right attitude, but also that share the vision. You know, so I, I'm the founder of the company, but the guys that that work for or with me now. They, um, you know, you talk, you'd swear that they are shareholders in the company because they are so committed to the company, right? So for those that don't know, Mpilo means, it's a Zulu word meaning life, right? I always joke with the guys now that Mpilo is now their life, you know, because it's no more, it's not, it's not a job, it's part of their lives. You know, I, I can call them at 10 o'clock at night and, and they will answer. And, and sometimes they'll call me at 10 o'clock at night. So that means that it's really part of their, their lives now, right? Throughout the company actually believes in. So several things I want to come back to relative to the power of the relationships that you've built with some of your key team leaders and that uh, our folks get a chance to interact with on a regular basis. But I want to circle back around because you've used a term a couple of times that I'm not sure if everybody's familiar with that might be listening in now or in the future. This concept of CMMI from a certification perspective. If you could walk us through a little bit more about what that is and what that means, Denzel, and why it was that you guys chose to go down that path, I think that would be helpful. Yeah, so, so CMMI is an acronym that stands for the Capability Maturity Model Integrated, right? So it's a software development best practice framework. It tells you what you need to do in order to develop quality software, right? It's grading from zero to five, zero being the, the lowest grading and then five being the best. So if you achieve CMMI Maturity Level 5, it means that your, your, your software development practices are well established, it's ingrained in the organization, right? So it's both qualitatively and quantitatively ingrained in the organization, right? As in Pilotech, we we really embrace that now. We've worked with a, a, a university in South Africa called Fitz University. They are the custodians of CMMI in the country, and they've helped us implement our CMMI program. So what, so like I mentioned, so CMMI tells you, so, so CMMI is, is not prescriptive. It doesn't tell you how to do things. It just tells you what you must do. So, for example, it will tell you you have to measure quality, but you have to figure out how you do it, right? And CMMI takes into consideration your company, the technologies that you're using. There's 275 different practices that you have different to practices. implement, right? The amazing thing about CMMI, to get certified, uh, the pass mark is 100%, right? So you can't, can't skip anything. You have to pass everything. It's quite a daunting task. And, and we as Impilotech, we hope to be, we would be the first software development company in Africa to achieve a CMMI 2.0 maturity level 3. 
That is fantastic and something I know you've worked extremely hard with a number of folks in the organization to make happen. And I wanted to make sure that for our audience that they were understanding not only what CMMI, CMMI is, but the importance of it really relative to this concept of providing some specifically standardized rating capabilities of making sure that an organization is able to do what they are saying that they can do. And in this case, you and your team are able to deliver against that. Something that you've talked about, and I want to come back to it, was the foundation of the name Impilo with life. That is something that we, I say that the we being Paolo and James, three of the other partners here at Tailwind, got a chance to experience not only on the continent of Africa, but back here in the States with you guys in a number of opportunities where we did some good business. We had some great meetings. We broke some pretty significant bread and perhaps a bottle of wine or two together, but had the opportunity to really connect and, and, and the importance. You and I have talked about this. We've talked about this quite a bit on the actual live cast, this concept of the relationship between people being the crux of their ability to have success together. When there is a fundamental layer of trust when there is a foundation of we can make this happen, we can do this together, and in the inevitability that one of the two of us might stumble, the other is going to be there to pick up and be able to lend a hand, offer a shoulder, pick that individual back up and start walking together in the right direction. That's something that I know that you've imbued throughout your entire culture at Impilo not only in the name, but in the concept and how you're trying to grow your organization. So let's talk a little bit about the fact I've seen some amazing talent that you've brought to the table with your team. You are cultivating, you are growing, you are passionate about wanting to find, develop, and create that different levels of talent throughout not only South Africa, but the African continent. Let's talk a little bit about your goal and where that comes from. And as it pertains to having people become part of the family, to continue to humanize software, to become familiar with software and make it do these creative, magical, awesome things. Walk us through your vision about what that looks like, Denzel. You know, in South Africa, we obviously have, we have lots of technical people coming from universities and things like that, right? But we don't have enough technical people coming through through the, the different institutions, right? We've got the saying, we look for greatness in unexpected places, right? We've been able to take people literally off the street and teach them software development, right? For example, we, we got a guy who was a security guard at our building. I spoke to this guy and I thought this guy had a, such an amazing attitude, you know, and I immediately, you know, told him to quit his job and start with us, right? And today, after I think about he's been with us for close to three years now, and he's now a UX designer, and he actually did the work on the project that just went live a week ago. He did some of the, the UI and the, and the visualizer development work. Myself and the leadership team now, we realize that we have the opportunity to make a difference in South Africa, you know, to, to create jobs for, for people that would not necessarily have an opportunity to do so, right? So we've got a number of those guys now. We've got guys who finished high schools, whose parents were not able to send them to university. And we you know we've just taken them, we took them straight off from high school. We even got a lady who, who was a cleaner at our building. And now she sees we training her to be a, a quality assurance um, analyst, right? As in Pilotech, one of our goals is we need to spend a lot of more time, a lot of more effort giving people like those opportunities. We're not just doing it because we, we're nice people, but the opportunities, you know, the, the country needs that, right? South Africa 
I do believe that if we don't make a difference in the country, we won't potentially have a country left if we don't make a difference, particularly from an unemployment perspective. So we know that when we help one person, we're actually helping five people because that person will help, you know, their family. And, you know, so, so we can make a significant difference, but also, you know, making sure that these people actually get a skill that they can use in the future. And we've now proved that it's possible. All it takes, Andrew, is it takes a little bit, a little bit commitment, a little bit of resources, you know, and, and just the will. But I think the most important thing is that the will to make a difference. And 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 I'm very fortunate that the leadership team at Impilotech, they they follow my lead. Sometimes their lives get a bit more difficult when they have to train someone from scratch, somebody that's never seen a computer before. Um, and now all of a sudden Denzel wants them to become a programmer. So it's a bit more difficult than, you know, getting a graduate from university, but it's definitely possible. You know, in the, in the last six months, who you lady was a waitress at a restaurant, right? And she was very nice to us. We did the same thing. Because she was so nice, we gave her a job. And this lady, she never used a computer in her life. Her name is Bonnie. She started out. Within three months, Bonnie became a Salesforce ranger. And now Bonnie is on her way to get becoming Salesforce certified. Again, so I've got a saying that if you want to make a change, give someone a chance. So we've done that a couple of times now, but I've told my team now we need to up that. In the next three to five years, my aim is to create a thousand jobs. I believe we can do that. We've just pitched an idea to one to this big client by one of the banks. And we said to them, guys, together we can do this. We can't do it alone as Impilotech. We, we, we need our clients, we need our partners. And I, and I know that Tailwind will, will be part of that journey to help us make a significant difference um, in South Africa, but also on the continent. You know, I believe software can make a significant difference to unemployment, you know, to changing the face of this continent. You know, it's by time that we create delivery centers in South Africa, in Africa. Our technology partners have delivery centers in, in India, in the Middle East, in Latin America, in, the, in Europe, in Eastern Europe. And it's by time that we started creating delivery centers in South Africa, and, and we're doing that now. And, and I know our relationship with, with Tailwind is going to only help us grow that. Well, it's interesting, and we've got a question that's come up from John via LinkedIn that I want to bring up and make sure that we're addressing because I think it's hugely impactful. There are a number of different key components, um, and, and John asks, what are some ways which we, where we can drive more awareness and connection between South African and North American ecosystems and economies? Uh, great question, John. Very well timed as well, especially as Denzel was talking about this creating this creation of South African centers of excellence. And when you're going to go from the several hundreds of folks that you have now, Denzel, to creating a thousand jobs that are going to impact using that five to one ratio, 5,000 people, which will then again have a different level of impact for even a much, much larger component of that. That is not something that is particular to North America. That is not something that's particular to South Africa. That's humans doing human things that is very important. And it doesn't matter. That's irrespective of anything from a geographical perspective. So you're trying to do something in South Africa. You're succeeding at it. We're trying to do much of the same thing here, starting in Austin, Texas, but throughout the North American continent. How can we drive better awareness and connectivity between these two shared missions? What are your thoughts on that, Denzel? In our relationship, it started off with just the awareness of each other that 
there isn't an awareness that there are people in South Africa and in Africa for that matter that can that are really good at technology, right? I think us showing that to you guys will drive some awareness to say that there's many other companies in South Africa and Africa other than just in Pilotech that are doing amazing things. So I think I think that you know there's lots of opportunities in Africa. You know, some of the other global players like China and those guys see the opportunities here. And I do believe that companies in the U.S. need to start looking here and seeing how we can work together because South Africa's got lots of talent. Oh, Africa's got lots of talent. Language barriers is not really an issue. Um, so, so I definitely believe there is huge opportunities for us to work together, you know, to, to create, you know, amazing things, amazing software to solve problems, not just for South Africans, but also for, for the rest of the world. So I, I really do believe that, that I think it just takes something like, like our relationship. And I think if we do it correctly, we could be, um, you know, the beacon of how things can be done with, between U.S. companies and, and South Africans or African companies. I think we have the potential opportunity to, to be that, that shining beacon. So you mentioned a couple of things. If we, we're not going to if, we're, we're going to, and so we already have. Yeah. We are, we are, we are yeah. demonstrating a number of different ways in which to make this uh, happen the right way. And I think you nailed it with this shining beacon of light. And, and to John's question about driving awareness and connection. To me, it becomes we live in a global economy from a connectivity perspective. You and I are in two entirely different parts of the world, which we both now know is a very, very long set of flights to get back and forth to each other. <laughs> um, we've experienced that. And yeah. by the way, we're looking forward to it. And I am absolutely going to make sure that we plan a very, very celebratory bride next year yeah. by the yeah. particular Impilo Breitmeister, you know who I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah. to be able to, again, it, it's that it's that awareness of the culture. It's yeah. that connectivity of providing people that start a relationship because there makes sense where one plus one equals some number greater than two. We know for this particular large African-based bank that the power of Impilo and the power of Tailwind coming together, you guys have quite a bit that you're bringing to the table. We also have quite a bit that we're bringing to the table. At the end of the day, the financial institution only wants to make sure that they're making their customers happy through a specific yeah. set of digital experiences. It's our job to team up with your cultural background, knowledge, expertise, the CMMI capabilities, this quality software capabilities that you bring. And Tailwind is going to bring the exact same thing, but from a different lens. You mentioned at the onset of the livecast, this different lens of perspective based off of what our life experience has been. The sum of those two differential parts of folks located in Johannesburg versus those folks located in Brazil or in Portugal or throughout the States, it doesn't matter. When we're working together to create success, ultimately the financial institution is not only going to be happy, but the stories of, hey, who did that for you guys? When other people are asking, this experience is fantastic. How did you guys make that happen? Oh, those are the guys from Impilo and Tailwind that help create that leveraging software, putting the humanization side of that, that's going to really drive that forward. So I think to John's question, I think we're both saying awareness and connectivity starts with the relationship, 
starts with creating those unique bonds that cross these borders, that cross these oceans, and that create different circumstances and capabilities that we're both able to build and then celebrate success with. Do you think that makes sense, Denzel? Yeah, no, no, definitely. And, you know, something that I think, you know, obviously you and I, we've been talking for a while, right? But but that human connection that, that we had when you guys came to South Africa, right? That, that And I think, you know, COVID has wrongly taught us that we could create relationships via digital only, right? But the human connection is just unrivaled. I think, you know, you guys were here for two days and those two days, I, I, I really believe, you know, like we said, like we, we're joking around that we, we joined at the hip literally because of, of that human connection, right? So, so I, I really believe that the beginning of everything is an authentic relationship. You know, I think, you know, the relationship that we have with you and Paolo and, and James and Leandro, you know, and just meeting people, you know, as human beings, you know, whether we're in the, in the U.S. or in Africa or in uh, Sri Lanka, we, at the end of the day, we're all human beings, right? And, and, and human beings have connections. So, so I believe, you know, once you, once you have that connection and that bond that I think we've had now over a number of meetings in, in, in South Africa, in Kenya and in the U.S., you know, that connection and that sense that we're on the same mission. Our connection is not just software. I, I don't know if you agree. It's, it's more than just software to me. You know, there's this human connection that we have between us and, and you guys. And, and I think that that's for more, more importantly, that's what's driving our relationship. Once you can forge that bond, then we can do amazing things together, irrespective of where we're sitting in the world. Yeah, you bring up an excellent point there, Denzel. And from my perspective, software just happens to be one of the common connectivity points of something that we happen to do. It is not who we are. And that, I think, is a very fundamental difference. We are people. We are men. We are women. We are different people that have certain skill sets, whether it is a security guard who now three years later is developing from a business analyst perspective, some pretty cool digital transformation capabilities across a pretty complex uh, software platform. It is Bonnie who started off, not started off, but came to you as a waitress who had the right type of attitude that now is not only a Salesforce ranger, but is doing some cool things with code, but that doesn't change the security guard or Bonnie from being who they fundamentally are people with a passion for doing things right. And it speaks to, I mean, obviously the the, the live cast here is on humanizing software. It's all about those things that we want to talk about, everything that's going right, everything that's going across a a variety of different means or mechanisms. However, the subtext of this is people-driven tech. Humanizing software, but a subtitle of people-driven tech. When I say those three words to you, Denzel, what do you believe, what comes to mind for you from an impactful perspective? I think we've, we've figured out now that if you don't have, you, you can have some of the best guys in, on, on, in the world on your team working for you. But if they do not act as a team, you know, it doesn't matter. So we have to take that people and, and make sure that they work, that they develop genuine bonds with each other, you know, not just because it's a job, you know. So, so like I said, most people that work at Ambulotech don't feel like this is a job, you know. It's it's part of their it's part of their lives now, right? 
So, so, and then again, you know, back to the to the word "impilo" life, right? That's part of the culture. We call it the. We try to feed people the the impilo tech Kool Aid. You know, we get them to drink that so that they all that we all um, have this bond. And and for us, it's worked very well. We really value you know doing things together, other than just writing software. You know, we we try to do a lot of team building events, but but things that that we we do things together where we really build this team-orientated thing, you know, where, where we're very close, you know, where we feel comfortable with each other, where we can. Again, and not, not just the, the Kumbaya stuff, but also, you know, when, we, when you build the right team, you're able to call each other out on the not-so-good stuff. We're able to do that because we, we, we know that we are, we are here for each other. You know, so we, we, have to, we have to celebrate our strengths, but we also have to call out, you know, when someone is not doing something right or they, you know, they have a particular weakness. So, so that's what, what, what I believe what teams do. Teams are, 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 you know, they're trusting, like you mentioned early on. They, so they have to trust each other in the good and the bad, not, not just on the good times. It's interesting because it goes back to earlier when I had said about we're walking a path together, whether it's you and I, Denzel, side by side, or it's the folks that are part of our respective teams on a call, either in person or whatever we might be doing. Inevitably, one of us is going to make a mistake, make a misstep, possibly stumble, possibly even fall. It's how the other person picks that back up, helps support, and gets us back working in the right direction. So when I fall, which happens on a regular basis, or I mess up, which happens on a regular basis, having not only my business partners, James and Paolo and Alessandro, but others that are part of our leadership team, others such as you, Denzel, and your leadership team kind of come in and be able to say, hey, you know what? Didn't need to necessarily have that happen, but let's see what we can do to make this actually turn around into a good situation. It's those moments of stress or that iron sharpens iron type concept of in those times of stress becoming even bigger, bolder, or stronger that enables the team to really work together. And what I'm hearing you say specifically as it regards to people-driven technology is keeping the humanistic side, the important relationship components as part of what we're doing from a technology perspective is absolutely critical to make sure that we're maintaining. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, no, no. I think that end of the day, all of us are just human beings, right? You might be a better software developer than I am, but we are just human beings, right? And I think personally, that's my view. You know, I, I don't view anybody better than the next person because, you know, we all breathe the same air, we drink the same water. So I think if you have that type of attitude, it makes things a lot easier to work with people when when we take ego, ego, you know, and particularly software, you know, where I come from in the past, you know, ego can become a, a huge, huge problem in, in software development organizations. You know, developers sometimes think they, they can walk on water and things like that. So, so at the Velotech, we, we try to, you know, to temper that, that ego and make sure that, you know, we, we work together and, and work together as a team, you know, and make sure that we, we're there for each other when somebody falls. Um, and, and to be honest with you, uh, Andrew, I, I've really appreciated that from you guys, you know, and even though we, we know each other for about two years now, you know, there's been some missteps on our side and things like that. And I think that because we, we, we have the same philosophy, not just about software development, but I think about, about life. It makes things so much more easier to, to work together. 
Absolutely. And we've got an excellent, I don't know if this is a question as much as, as it's an insightful comment uh, from Bongani, who's joining us on LinkedIn, that I'd really like to share because I think it's a great way for us to begin to wrap up the conversation for today. Life teaches you a new lesson every day if you are attentive enough in the class of life. I love the concept of that. And thank you, Bongani, for sharing that. I think that there's a lot to be said about every single day gives each of us a choice, a choice of do we want to do something that is going to help or are we going to choose to do something that might not be as helpful? I, for one, at least try to go down the helpful path. I'd be curious to know, as you're making your decisions on a daily basis, Denzel, is there any source of truth or inspiration or Anything in particular that has helped you, guide you, we talked about The Alchemist as a book, but is there anything as we start to close out the conversation today that is part of a guiding beacon of light that helps guide you as the leader for the MPLO team? Yeah, and you know, I think, you know, in, in South Africa, there's a lot of inspiration every day where I go, um, you, know, you know, seeing some of the challenges um, that, that our people are facing in the country, right? To be honest with you, that, that's a driving force for me, wanting to make a significant difference to that. You know, so when you put on on the news, you will see the, the unemployment, poverty, and things like that. So, so that's my source of, of, of inspiration, wanting to really make a difference in, in our country, really creating jobs, giving people, giving giving people knowledge, giving them opportunities. Um, so you know, I, I get that inspiration from just being in South Africa, you know. And but also I think seeing the potential that that people have, like like the, the security guard Dumisani, you know, I, I get inspired every day just by seeing Dumisani, seeing that you know this guy has taken an opportunity and not just missing, you know he's he's doing amazing stuff now. He's an inspiration for me. I don't I hope he's listening, but you know every day when I go to the office, I just look at him and, and I get inspired by by the thing that he's doing and 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 by the the opportunity and how he's grabbed that opportunity by by the ones. And, you know, and made something about it, you know. So that makes me believe that there, there are millions of Dumisanis out there. I, I was fortunate to be given an opportunity, you know, when I started my career. And I think it's not only my duty, but it's my, it's not only my right, but it's my duty to, to make sure that I extend that opportunity to millions. And hopefully we can change millions of lives across, across the continent. Well, it's interesting. And as we close out today's episode, Denzel, when the very first moment that we had a chance to meet, and I believe it was in London, I think it was actually yeah. in London, that we first got a chance to meet in person instead of doing this through the screen thing, which again, very effective for today's live cast. However, yeah. will always pale in comparison of being able to shake hands, give a hug, break bread together, share a glass of wine, whatever else that may be, that personal, that humanistic connection is something that is so incredibly important. I know that I have learned from you. I have learned from your team. I have learned from the interactions, from the visit to South Africa, from our ability to work together. This power of this humanistic connection, this connectivity that we have is something that I am very, very grateful for. I, I cherish it every single day because of the ability to go do something right. It happens to be software that is at the basis of that. However, it's the humans that are part of the software that are really making things that make the actual difference. 
you shared some personal stories. We've talked about some actual folks' lives, including our own, that have been positively impacted. And as part of that, I wanted to thank you for joining us today, Denzel, to share your thoughts on humanizing software. So thank you for being a part of our conversation today. Thanks for having me, Andrew. And, and definitely, you know, we believe in, you know, that the human aspect of software will never go, you know, as much as we talk about artificial intelligence and machine learning, the human aspect is, is the differentiating factor. It is. And as we close out today, I wanted to, again, thank you, Denzel, for your time today. Thank you for your team. Thank you for the partnership that we've been able to do that is just a year or two in, but that I know is going to be a very, very fruitful and wonderful uh, relationship as we continue to explore this concept of humanizing software. So for those that had a chance to listen in today, thank you for joining in on the conversation. We do invite everyone to please join us and either follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. Visit the website at tailwindsw.com. Check out our earlier episodes. And as we sign off today, we want to wish everybody a very, very safe and blessed good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thanks so much for joining today. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Humanizing Software with Andrew Tall. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.